Video games have been a growing influence in our culture for a while now. Ever since the 1970s, kids have been jumping into virtual worlds to compete with others, go on adventures, solve puzzles, and more. And while there are a lot of positive things about video games, there are also many negatives. So how do we navigate that with the students in our youth group, and how do we help parents to navigate it with their kids? Welcome to Student Ministry Connection. And on this episode of the podcast, our guest will share some valuable tips for helping you and the parents in your ministry. Welcome again to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to connect, and have a desire to grow. My name is Steve Cullum, and I have served in student ministry for around three years as a volunteer and around 20 years in paid student ministry. And one of my favorite hobbies is video games. At a young age, I remember playing Atari with my cousins and going to arcades, and I loved it. And I remember getting my first home console, the Nintendo Entertainment System. And ever since, I have been hooked. And over time, God's actually shown me how he can use that to connect with others, specifically with the students in my youth group. On this episode of the podcast, I'll talk with my friend Drew Dixon, who is currently an executive editor at Penguin Random House, co-founder of a Christian nerd culture organization and website called Love Thy Nerd, and an author of a new book called Know Thy Gamer, A Parent's Guide to Video Games. Maybe you consider yourself a gamer, or maybe you know nothing about video games. Drew is going to share some tips and encouragement for all of us who serve in student ministry or have gamer kids of our own. And also be sure to stick around to the very end where I'll give you details on how you can win a free copy of Know Thy Gamer. But before we jump into that conversation with Drew, I want to quickly pause and thank the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone as well, with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just $20 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $30 a month. And if you want an affordable engaging video curriculum, G-Shades has you covered for only $40 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. Head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G to download season four of G-Shades curriculum and use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to receive an extra $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Thank you, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Drew. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. So we've, I, I, I was trying to think the other day how long we've known each other. It has been a while now, going back yeah. from to the game church days and then Love by Nerd. It's been, it's been awesome to kind of partner with you, usually, you know, over distances. We've gotten to connect in person a couple times, but yeah, cool to... yeah, we got to hang out at some video game conventions and stuff. So yeah, now our listeners know that you're a gamer and no, they probably already know that. They, but, they uh... probably do already, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're definitely going to talk video <laughs> games today for sure. <laughs> 
So yeah, so I've I've gotten in, like I said, gotten to know you a little bit over the years and everything. But for for our listeners that who have yet to hear of Drew Dixon, uh, we would love to hear your story and your testimony today. How how you got into uh, to knowing Jesus, but also where He's taken you in your relationship with Him. Yeah, sure. So um, I'll try it. I, it's always a challenge for me to do this succinctly. Uh, but like the long story short is that um, I grew up going to church, kind of, you know, it was like we went some and then we didn't go some, <laughs> you know, and it just wasn't a big deal in my family. I'd say it's a bigger deal in my family now than it used to be. But growing up, like, you know, my parents didn't really talk to me about Jesus or or, or, or the gospel. Um, but when I was in high school, when I was 17, I started um, chasing a girl who was, I think, pretty serious about her faith. And and then I started visiting church to, like, get close to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that process, I, I legitimately met Jesus there. Um, it was the first church I ever went to where I was really challenged to, like, think about where I stand with Jesus in, like, a personal way. And so I remember that was the first time I ever thought about, like, well, well, you know, do I have a relationship with God? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? Like, what is, you know, what is my, what does my future look like? All those kinds of like heavy questions that um, you're introduced to, I think, when when you hear the gospel uh, legitimately. And so, yeah, I started wrestling with it. Started reading the Bible f- on my own, really, for the first time, and um, like even started like doing ministry, like in my school and stuff. <laughs> uh, and eventually, finally, like. I went to this church that was very big on invitations, right? And so finally I went up to the front um, after I had been like, I was like leading a prayer group at my school and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I finally went up and I was just like, I just want to make sure I'm not going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. But I had, I had this really, yeah, I had this really great um, counselor who was like, just kind of asked me some questions about what I believed about Jesus and his death and resurrection and that kind of thing. And like a little bit about my life. And he was like, well, I think you're a Christian. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I guess, I guess I am. And uh, so then I, that's sort of, I don't know, that wasn't really a turning point because I was already following Jesus. But at some point in that process of chasing this girl, I really met Jesus, really started following him, really developed a love for, for Jesus and the church and, and ministry. And, um, and soon like found myself in college, like, thinking about ministry full-time. And so I, I, I ended up working at a church as an intern, as a, a student ministry intern. Um, and then that at that church, the youth pastor that hired me left to go take a job at another church. And so then this church was dumb enough to hire me at like 20 years old to be their interim student pastor. <laughs> and so I was like 20 years old, pretty new Christian. Yeah. And I was the stu- I was like the interim student pastor of, of a youth group of about 150 kids. Um, wow. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. And, uh, then went to seminary and, uh, out of seminary, um, planted a church, uh, for about five years where I was a family pastor, uh, uh at a church in, in Albertville, Alabama of all places. I don't really have any connections there mm-hmm. other than, than a friend who recruited me to help plant the church. Um, but loved doing student ministry and family ministry there. I was there for five years, loved that church and then left to pursue a, a, a uh, work ministry and publishing. So I worked for Lifeway Christian Resources for nine years. And in the process of actually the process of being a pastor in Alabama was kind of when I discovered like um, 
video games, I think, in a new light. Like I'd always been a gamer, but but that's when I realized, okay, video games could be a ministry. Like, mm. and I sort of realized too that Christians weren't writing about video games very thoughtfully. Like if you saw any Christians writing or thinking about video games, it's always like, hey, don't play X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Or like video games are gonna ruin your life. They're gonna make you violent, or they're gonna, or they're gonna, you're gonna become addicted to them and you'll waste your life. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to explore that. And so I I really started at a pretty like, I don't know, consistent ministry, or I would call it that, of writing thoughtfully, I think, hopefully. That was the goal to write thoughtfully about video games as a Christian. So I got connected with this ministry called Game Church that you mentioned earlier that at the time they did ministry and video game conventions. They would go to like uh, E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo and Penny Arcade Expo, these big video game trade shows where, where companies were showing off their new games and they would pass out Bibles there and stuff. It was kind of a weird, uh, goofy, but very cool ministry that I think mm-hmm. connected people to Jesus that probably wouldn't visit a lot of our churches. Um, you know, uh, un, un, at least like they, they probably wouldn't even respond well to an invitation, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. here we are in this convention, like passing out Bibles and stuff. It was really, it was really cool. Um, and so then that ministry sort of shifted and I found myself not really having uh, a position in that ministry anymore because of some changes that they made. And so then I, me and some friends started our own nonprofit ministry. Some some other friends that were, had been involved in Game Church called Love Thy Nerd. And so I served for love, with Love Thy Nerd for about uh, almost four years. Um, and it's kind of a broader ministry to geeks and nerds. Love Thy Nerd exists to be the love of Jesus to nerds and nerd culture. And so uh, they do a lot of ministry to uh, board gamers and anime nerds and people who are into comics but then also video games, which has kind of been my primarily my area of like expertise. Mm. So all of that experience writing about video games and stuff mm-hmm. is what led me to finally write this book that you wanted to talk to me about. That's called yeah. um, "Know Thy Gamer: A Parent's Guide to Video Games." That's cool. Yeah, I re- I remember going to E three. So some of my listeners know, um, not probably not a whole lot of them, that I am very into video games and. And have been from from a young age, but like you, I didn't really like get into the culture of video games probably until late college and and afterward. And I and I do some stuff on the side with a, a non it's not a Christian site, but some different things within the Nintendo world. And I remember going to E3 and seeing the Game Church booth the first time, never heard, hearing about it before, and going. Oh my gosh, this this is incredible. I can't believe people do this. And it's so, so smart, so wise to be able to go into their world and in order to connect with them and share the love of Jesus with them. And so yeah, it was soon after that I think I, I just began reaching out and continuing to connect with you guys and eventually was able to to write some for both Game Church and Love Thy Nerd. And it's been a it's a cool thing. And yeah, being able to go to conventions and and love love people in jesus name alongside you guys at a couple of different uh packs events and stuff it was it's been really cool so yeah um, so i love that yeah god connected us um and then that god led you to write this book um i knew when when i first heard that you were writing it it was coming out i was so excited because i think there's not a whole lot of resources like this and that kind of i feel like it it leads into what I know is the reason you wrote this book. Um, you shared the reason at, in the very beginning uh, because several conversations you had with parents over the years 
And you tell the story specifically about Tim and Jonah. Do you mind sharing that story with our <laughs> sure. listeners today? Yeah, yeah. Um, neither of their names in the <laughs> real world are Tim or Jonah. But um, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, basically what happened is a friend of mine was just fed up with his son and the amount of time he was playing video games. I think a lot of people listening to this can probably relate. Like, I'm a gamer and I love video games, um, but it drives me crazy the way sometimes my kids want to play them and like don't ever want to put them down and, and lie to me and my wife <laughs> about how much they're playing um you know like just like a week ago i'm not even kidding a week ago we had to ground our kids for a time from their tablets because like they were sneaking into their room and playing them when they were not supposed to. it was like a screen free time <laughs> they mm -hmm. were playing and lied to us about it too uh and so so yeah it's it's a big deal. People are fighting about it uh, with their kids and and relationships between parents and kids are suffering because parents don't get it. They don't get why their kids are into video games. So, yeah. So my buddy, Tim, we'll call him Tim, uh, <laughs> not his real name. He he had finally had it with how much his son was playing, playing on his Nintendo DS. And so uh, finally, his son, Jonah, like pushed his sister down as she like got in his way of, of playing this game. And when that happened, finally it was like, that's it. And he grabbed the DS out of his son's hands and smashed it on the tile kitchen floor. So destroyed his property. Um, if you're listening to this, don't destroy your children's <laughs> property. That's not like a good step forward as a parent. <laughs> um, but it was a wake up call. The good thing about this story is that it's a wake up call for my friend. And he knew I had written about video games. He he even knew, I, I think he knew I was working on this book because I think we had talked about it. And so he, you know, he calls me like, what do I do? I want to repair my relationship with my son. And I think that's a great place to be, even though it, we should never destroy <laughs> our kid's property. It's a good place to realize you've messed up and you need to read and, and you want, because what is parenting about more than anything else? I think more than anything else, it's about relationship. Um, you know, our relationship with God, uh, or, or our our posture towards God is one of of relationship, I think, through Jesus, and so I think that's a picture of the kind the way we should approach parenting, mm. and so um, yeah, that's that's the goal of the book is to help parents restore their relationship with their kids, and part of how you do that is by making an effort to understand mm. your children, and so if you don't care at all, in fact, let's say you hate video games, if you love your children, if they're really into video games then I think one of the steps to loving them and parenting them well is making an effort to understand why they're into what they're into so that you can parent appropriately and love them and know them um, and, and talk about the things that they're into. Um, yeah. 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 So that's a big goal of the book is to educate parents to understand video games so they can, they can set proper limits. But more than that, it's really about cultivating a good relationship with your kids. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I was just talking with one of our, our youth leaders last night and Kind of giving this example because I knew I was going to be interviewing you and talking about your book, but just that that importance of even as youth leaders, um, as parents, as youth leaders, whatever role we have with this next generation or really anybody, like our goal needs to be to seek to understand. And so mm -hmm. even if, yeah. you know, on an opposite, you know, maybe opposite end of the spectrum, because I've been in video games, you know, maybe I have a student in our youth group, or eventually I have a kid that is really into ballet, for instance. And I know nothing about ballet. I have no interest in it yeah. at all. It's not my thing. But if my kid's into it or my I have a student that's into it, then I need to seek to understand as much as I can. 
in order to connect with them. And I love how you you outline that perfectly in, in the book. Um, and one of the things that I love how you do is you you explain both the benefits and the the broken parts of, of video games. So for some out there that are like, what are the benefits? Really, there's benefits in video games. What are some of yeah. those benefits that that do come from playing video games? Sure. I mean, there's a lot. Um, I'll try to mention some big ones. So one is um, video games are pretty social these days. Long ago, the primary way we played video games was by ourselves, <laughs> you know, but now that's really not the case. This is a big part of how kids today, Gen Z socializes. And I think it's easy for us to thumb our noses up at that and be like, well, I didn't socialize that way and I'm better. But every generation has its pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And um, and this is one of the ways this generation socializes. So kids are not isolated when they're playing video games or they're, they're doing things together. And they're not just... When they play video games together, a lot of times they're not just like having fun together, which I think is a is a value in in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But they're creatively solving problems together. They're cultivating teamwork. They're learning how to win, hopefully with grace. They're learning mm -hmm. how to lose, hopefully with grace too. You know, um, and so they're learning a lot uh, as they play. Video games are inherently educational. We learn something every time we play a video game, even if it's just like don't go that direction next time or whatever, but mm -hmm. you're learning. So they're engaging your mind. They're, they've been shown in many studies to be good for our brains when played in moderation. Now they're not good for your, they become, uh, they can become detrimental to the development of your brain. Um, if you play them for hours and hours upon end, but if you play them in moderation, uh, they're really good for our brains. Um, you g games make us feel good about ourselves. Uh, usually when you're playing a video game, you're winning or improving. And so they give us this sense of um, like potential. They make us feel like we can do things we didn't think we could do. Um, they're good for the self-esteem of children. Um, and I know there's like people listening to this that go, well, it's a fake thing though. They're getting better at something that doesn't matter. But I, I think that's not quite true because I think, again, like video games are fun. And fun is not something God is opposed to. In fact, I think God is the author of fun. He's the author of play and games and fun. Those are all things that he um, made possible through the good world he created. And so if that's true, if games and play and fun are one of God's good gifts, then there's potential there. Mm. Um, there's potential for them to be good for our development and good for the world. And I think we owe it to ourselves to at least make an effort if we're going to be like thoughtful Christians, we owe it to ourselves to make an effort to unpack what that might be. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said like those, those are real in a way. Yeah, they're fake, but they're real. And there's, there's a quote that I wrote down when I was reading your book. It says, yes, the worlds that we save in video games are virtual, but that doesn't mean that the quests we complete in them are meaningless. And I yeah. think that's, that's so crucial because yeah, I think that that process of completing those quests accomplishing those goals are still very real even though they're in a virtual world and mm -hmm. and all the things that we can gain from that and and that the students and kids um can also gain from that is huge um on the other side of things though you do talk about this in your book too that there's there's a broken side uh, of video mm -hmm. games as well can you hit on a couple of those those broken sure, side of video yeah. games i mean i think there there are a lot of things that parents get concerned about and they're um, they're almost all like really legitimate so violence is one that's a big deal but i think 
parents are less concerned about violence now than they used to be. And now they're, everyone's concerned about um, addiction. Right. Mm. Um, and by the way, just a quick word on violence. I mean, research would say that, that, that video games, there's no correlation. There's no proof that video games cause anyone to be violent. Uh, there are some studies that show some correlation, but it's really hard to say what influence video games are having on people in that regard. And that's not to say you should let your kids play violent video games. I think you should be very careful about what kinds of games you let your kids play based on how old they are. But it's to say, like, let's be really careful not to give in to the, um, you know, the scare tactic headlines that would say, oh, if you let your kids play video games, you're they're going to be horribly violent, awful people. I don't think that's true. I don't think that bears out. That said, I think you should be careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big one now, I think, and I guess you, pro- I would, I would guess you'd probably agree, is that the thing you hear probably parents of your students say is they're annoyed by how much they play. Yeah, is that yeah. true? Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. It's, I mean, there's, there's still questions about, you know, should I play this or would not? But, but yeah, the big question is, my kid plays it all the time. Yeah, yeah, and it drives me nuts. Because mm-hmm. I wish they'd go outside, yeah, <laughs> or, exactly. or I wish they had some other hobby. Um, and I feel that way too. But I will say this, and then I'll talk a little bit about addiction. If you if you think like, oh, if my kid would just would just stop playing video games, I would be a better parent. Um, the issue you need to work on, if that's you, is you, not your kids. The first the first thing you need to work on is your posture, your attitude towards your kids. Because we have to love the kids God's given us, not you know, not the kids we want them to be. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think so. Statistically, most people are not addicted to video games. Statistically, like one percent of the video game playing population is is what would be considered clinically addicted. And so we need to be careful of that term because um, it is a clinical term. And you need mm-hmm. to observe a certain set of behaviors over a certain amount of time before someone actually qualifies for that clinical definition of addiction that said like i'm not going to sit around and wait till my kids meet all the <laughs> clinical criteria <laughs> before i go right. like hey i think you're playing a little bit too much um because we see it we see the way their attitudes can be around video games um and we you know and and so i do think limits are really important and i think it's important that you help your kids develop a sense of like um everything that is out there in the world uh there's amazing things to there's amazingly beautiful awesome things to be explored in the in the digital world in the world of video games but the same is true for the physical world that god's placed us in and the same is true for all kinds of hobbies and interests and things so i want my kids to be diverse i want them to have other hobbies and interests and um it's really hard to compete with Mm -hmm. video games because they're so much more interesting Mm -hmm. and oftentimes so much more fun Mm -hmm. than than what we, what we, other things that we might do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And kids, I mean, kids, their brains are still developing and, and video game makers know, I mean, to be frank, they know how to keep our attention. Like everything we do nowadays is tied around this idea of attention, just about, you know, mm. social media is all about keeping our attention. YouTube wants knows exactly what videos to give you next to keep you on YouTube for hours and hours. And the same is true of people who make video games. And so um, I want to play video games. I don't want my kids to play video games 
for intrinsic, for the intrinsic value, the intrinsic reward of like growing in the relationships with their friends that they're playing with, or like conquering a problem that they didn't think they could conquer, or like, you know, any number of, of good values that, that might come out of a play experience. I don't want them playing just so they can earn a new outfit for their character <laughs> or like, you know, or, or playing because they feel like I have to play today because if I don't, I won't have enough V bucks to buy that right. Fortnite skin or whatever. And uh, all this may sound crazy to some listeners, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, video games know how to keep us coming back again and again and again. And that's not often healthy. So mm-hmm. we need to like raise some awareness, I think uh, amongst parents and, uh, and for our kids to help them learn how to have like a, healthy um reasoned like restricted mm-hmm. relationship with something that's really good mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know? yeah and i think it's one thing that i recently realized there was last year i was i was reviewing a game for the nintendo site that i that i work with and their podcast that i do that with them and it was an indie game and and i was playing it and, and i love how indie games will like explore different elements of games that we've never explored before and there was a particular game i don't know if you've heard of it called the sorrow virus um mm-hmm. it's about like yeah a, a kid that wakes up in a mental hospital and has gone through all these traumatic things and the the hospital's been ransacked and you got to figure out what's going on and i thought the the concept was interesting and i played it for about an hour and and i realized the the mental toll that it was taking on me as i was playing it and and I was able to to recognize that as an adult, but it's something that like students probably don't always recognize mm-hmm. that they're going through. And so I love how you you talk about um, helping parents developing a strategy to equip teenagers, equip kids to help their children engage with games responsibly and in a Christ-like manner. So when they do engage something that maybe they shouldn't be playing or they recognize, yeah. oh, this is a negative effect on me. Um, so could you share maybe a couple of tips around that and how how parents, how how youth leaders can actually help students to engage with games responsibly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is the part where I have to give some some tips that are like gonna be annoying to some <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but I think there's no other way. You have to take an interest in what your kids are doing. Um I think I think that's the only way to really make any headway on this issue. You're going to continue to butt heads with your kids about video games if the only thing if your only interaction with them with regard to video games is setting the rules. Like if there's no conversation that goes beyond here's the rules in our home about video games, mm-hmm. then when you tell your kids they can't play uh anymore what they're going to do is love those video games even more. Like re- this has been shown mm-hmm. <laughs> in research that essentially when you punish, when you constantly punish your kids around something that they love, well, they'll then like, this is, this is why kids, a lot of kids have eating disorders. So their parents will punish them around food. Mm-hmm. And then that just encourages them to continue to idolize food. And I think the same is true of video games. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about relationship. Um, yes, rules are important, but even when you make rules with your kids about video games, I think those rules are best enforced in the context of a close, careful, um, caring, invested, personal relationship with your children. 
So one of the things I say in the book is like when you make the when you make rules, make sure that they're um, collaborative. That's one of the tips I give about making rules in your home is like actually invite your kids to the table to discuss what the rules are going to be around screen time. Mm. Um, and you'd be surprised that like your kids actually have some good ideas about how much they how much they should play or like <laughs> when they should play or, or those kinds of things. Like, but if they feel like they have a voice, mm. and by the way, like. Yes, I know. Like, we're the parents. We're the ones in charge. Like, I get it. But I think our kids do have voices. They mm. should have voices in our homes. Uh, I don't, this is going to be a little bit mean. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, I think you're not being a very good and thoughtful parent if you think your kid doesn't have a voice. Mm. Um, we should train our kids to speak up for themselves and, like, to say uh, that's a scary thought. Children who don't know how to speak up for themselves, right, yeah. and can't express how they feel. So, um, so yeah, uh, I think the the biggest tip I would have is just talk to them about why they're into video games. Play mm -hmm. with them. Um, yeah, you're gonna get killed. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna be as good as your kids are, and it's and, and that might bother you, but um, but it's a wonderful opportunity to to mm -hmm. get on their level and see what they're about, and what they're into. But just yeah, conversation. Um, if you see your kid playing a game that you don't agree with, you're like, oh, I don't like the content of that. All the more important to have a conversation be before you just, you know, throw the game away because then you, you're taking the opportunity to, you know, games then become a learning moment, mm. right? Of something you can talk about. Here's why I think you shouldn't play that game based on the content that I see. And then, um, you know, when, when you have a strong relationship with your kids, then when you have to come in and enforce boundaries, mm those they're, they're still going to get mad, but like those boundaries are going to be more um, your kids are going to be more understanding of the, of the boundaries. If you've made the effort to explain why they matter. Absolutely. Um, I think yeah. we should do that about any discipline. If you're right. disciplining, if you're disciplining and you're never like explaining why or like articulating, like, this is why this is important to me as a parent. This is I'm doing, if you're never articulating, Hey, I'm doing this out of love because I care about you. I want you to flourish. Then like, I mean, you're kind of like a tyrant and, and not really a parent, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's true. Yeah. And if all, all they're hearing all, always from you is just the negative and mm -hmm. like, how is that relationship going to really build with, with that kid? Yeah. yeah, for sure. So as we said earlier, you and I met through Game Church and then continued to partner a little bit through, uh, through Love Thy Nerd and our work through them, yours, of course, on a, a much larger scale than mine. Um, but it, it came from our desire to connect with gamers, um, connect mm -hmm. gamers and, and Jesus together. And so I love how you ended your book with this concept of using games to point people to Jesus. And so with that in mind, how would you encourage the youth workers who are listening to this podcast, um, who are especially those who have gamers in their in their youth groups, maybe even especially the ones that that don't know how to connect with them, they're not mm -hmm. gamers themselves. Um, how would you encourage them and and maybe even the the parents of those kids as well? Yeah, for sure. Um so I think it's easy for us as parents generally and, and student ministry leaders to wrap our minds around how a hobby or interest that we have could be an opportunity for ministry, but it's harder for us to wrap our minds around that when it's an interest that somebody else has, but we don't share, <laughs> you know, like, like the Super Bowl is coming up. It's really easy to think about how that could be an opportunity for 
to grow in relationship with other people and do ministry because it's like, oh, we'll have a Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and our church can host it and it'll be a safe and fun environment for people to watch the Super Bowl. Um, you know, or like, I don't know, any any sports. Sports is the big one all the time. Like everybody, like that's half the reason why churches build gyms, <laughs> right? You build a gym in your at your church facility because, hey, we can host a basketball league or mm. we can host XYZ community event. I think that's a wonderful way to do ministry. Um, but it, for some reason, when it comes to video games, we're like, that just doesn't compute. Yeah. But um, but yeah, 70, uh, something like, or sorry, um, I was going to say 70%. I don't know if it's 70%, but something like 220 million Americans play video games regularly, which is, which is over half. That's maybe two thirds. I think is probably the more accurate to say like two thirds of the American population is playing video games regularly. Um, and, and the statistics are really high amongst young people. So amongst teenagers, it's like, 90 something percent Mm. of teenagers are playing video games regularly. Um, And so we live in a culture of gamers um, and, and it's not just teenagers, right? The average gamer is like 35 years old, Um, something like 40 to 45% of all gamers are female. So it's not even, it's not, it's not a boy thing. Um, And so there's a huge opportunity there. There's a lot of people that really love video games that really enjoy playing them. And a lot of games are social I mean, they require us to play with other people. And um, in our very divided culture, um, we're, we live in a super divided culture politically, theologically, like all, all, all kinds of sources of division, um, ethnic division. Uh, video games provide us a common vernacular, right? They Everybody's equal when you play a video game. And um, it's an opportunity for like a shared experience too mm. that I think we need. I personally kind of think we need those shared experiences a lot of times to have the relational capital that we need to share Mm. Jesus with somebody. Mm. Um, Because a lot of times, like if you have a neighbor who's a strong atheist and you're just, and you walk up to them, knock on the door and be like, let me tell you about my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Like they're probably, they're probably done. Mm -hmm. Like they're probably done being your friend because you've not built any kind of relationship with them. And so I think video games are a way. They're not the way, but they're a way and an untapped way, I would say, that we can build the relationships with other people and point them to Jesus. Yeah. Build that relationship, relational capital. If you play, I don't know, like Fortnite or whatever, um, this is not me endorsing Fortnite, but mm-hmm. I'll say if you play Fortnite regularly with the same group of people over the course of a few months, before long, you're going to know when your friend, you know, um, has experienced loss in his or her family. And then they're going to want to have some, you know, they're going to lean on you and there's an opportunity to like talk about what matters to you and to share with them and to give them some hope and, you know, have a relationship that could lead to really pointing people to Jesus. And it sounds like, I don't know, some people are like, we really do ministry that way. But (laughs) I know like countless stories of people um, introducing friends to Jesus through video games. Yeah. So um, it might sound weird, but it's it's happening. And I think Absolutely. it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite stories from my last ministry when when I was back in New Hampshire, um, and I think I've shared this, this story with you before, but I love the, like God just 
inspired me to do something very similar to that. And and I used to have a group of guys that really wanted to play Smash Brothers with us. And like they realized I was into video games and everything. So they're like, can we come over and play Smash? It's like, sure. But here's the deal. I want you to bring one friend with you who doesn't go to church. Bring yeah. him with you. That's the only stipulation. You can come over, stay as late as you want, eat all my food. I don't care. But bring <laughs> one, one student yeah. who doesn't know Jesus yet. And the very first kid that they brought um, was a kid named Matt. And he ended up getting connected to our group, went on a mission trip with us. And the very one of the very last things I, I had the opportunity to do before I moved on to my next ministry was to baptize Matt. And it all started because awesome, of a video game night at my house playing Smash Brothers. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, God can mm-hmm. use that. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you think about the like, the um, like in the mind of most teenagers, like which invitation is going to sound more palatable, <laughs> right? Like, hey, do you want to come to s- Sunday morning to church with me and listen to like, a 30 minute sermon and sit through like five or six worship songs that you don't know the words to, or do you want to come play super smash brothers at my right. friend's house? And it's like, yeah, which of those are they going to be excited about? Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, and of course we want them to get excited about it at some point about the idea of like listening to a sermon or singing praise and worship songs, but they're not there yet. Let's yep. be honest. They're not. Yep. And, um, and this is an opportunity. To, to connect people to Jesus that you wouldn't otherwise have been able to connect them to. Absolutely. Well, Drew, I know that people are going to want to uh, maybe ask you some follow-up questions. They want to read your book, get get your book, and also get in the hands of parents within their youth group, um, all those sort of things. I know you've got several other things that you do, um, regular devotions that you put out and and different stuff like that. So where can people find the book and find you online? Yeah, so the only social media platform really that I'm active on nowadays is Twitter. So underscore Drew Dixon, D-I-X-O-N is the way to find me on Twitter. So at underscore Drew Dixon, yeah, underscore Drew Dixon. Uh, And then um, otherwise, you can go to knowthygamer.com to learn more about my book. So knowthygamer.com. And then the ministry actually – recently stepped away from from leadership with Love Energy, but I'm still serving with the ministry kind of just in a, you know, advisory and um, kind of volunteer basis, still volunteer with Love Thy Nerd. But it just because of the busyness of life, I'm not on leadership with them anymore. But um, but a wonderful ministry that I would totally encourage you to check out. So just go to lovethynerd.com and you can learn more about, about that ministry and how to, if you want to do like nerd ministry or reach gamers, you should definitely connect with the leaders of Love I Nerd. They'll help you, equip you. There's some great resources on their website, some great podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but again, this is kind of hard to remember. My book is Know Thy Gamer, though the ministry I was talking about is called Love Thy Nerd. So um, yeah, those are the two resources I would point you to. Cool, cool. And we'll, of course, have all those links in our show notes as well. So you can head over there and uh, connect with Drew and read his book and, and check out Love Thy Nerd as well. So uh, Drew, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. It's been great to, to partner in ministry to gamers with you over the last several years. And uh, just thanks, thanks again for coming on and may God bless all your ministry. Yeah, likewise. I appreciate you having me on and yeah, thankful for your ministry to students and um yeah, I've enjoyed, enjoyed the time we got to share ministering through Game Church and Love Liner together, man. It's been great. 
I hope this was both educational, but also really encouraging for you today. And if so, would you please consider sharing it with someone else who serves in student ministry, or maybe also share it with the parents in your ministry? Drew was also incredibly gracious in giving us a book to give away. All you need to do is head to the link in our show notes. It'll take you to a contest page with several ways to enter. The giveaway will run until February 28th, 2023, and will alert the winner soon after that date. Please also know that you do need to live in the United States in order to win. You can also buy a copy of Drew's book for yourself, a friend, or the parents in your ministry. Just head over to knowthygamer.com or follow the links in our podcast show notes. And thanks again to G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Head over to gshades.org to check out their curriculum, their blog, and so much more. And use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to receive $20 off your order. Thank you so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And thanks to all of you for being here as well. We are getting really close to our 100th episode, and we would love your input on how we should celebrate. So be sure to reach out to us on social media or email with your ideas. You can find all of our social media links and our website also in the podcast show notes. Thank you so much once again for being here and listening today. Be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.